Hey everybody, welcome to the Upside Swings Draft Podcast, the podcast with the highest ceiling. I'm your host, Bryce Hendricks. Uh, this is a pre-recorded live show that we did on the Halftime app. Uh, everyone should download that. We do these once a week, and this is one that was good enough. I thought I'd post as a pod. Um, huge shout out to at Cozy Lito, a.k.a. Buttermilk Jesus, for joining us on this. Uh, he's one of the best guys on all draft Twitter, and um, we had a lot of fun. We were breaking down the 2018 draft. Uh, sort of how we rank guys, what we've learned from it. And it was a really good conversation. So I thought I'd post it as a pod. Um, you will hear it after a quick uh, sponsorship from Anchor. Thank you. We're already getting people in here. So uh, Davis is here. Cooper is here. Uh, I'm Bryce. Um, we'll wait for Stone to get here before we really dive into it. But um, we're going to be looking back at the 2018 draft today. Uh, I know that's sort of a... Seems like a weird thing to be doing, but we're we are in the absolute doldrums of NBA, NBA. Or, or draft content, whatever it may be. There is there is uh, about nothing going on right now. So we thought, what a better time to look back at the past couple drafts, look back at our boards, um, and and, uh, and go from there. So uh, Cooper, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Uh, you know, I had a very productive long day of schoolwork and. Going to classes for the first time in a while. It's kind of nice, kind of scary, but excited to be here. You know, talk about the first draft I ever really did any work on. So, you know. yeah, absolutely. Uh, this it's, it's definitely been a weird week, um, but the one constant in my life is basketball and this podcast. Um, Davis, my friend, how are you doing? No, I'm good too. I'm enjoying this day off, and yeah, it's weird uh, seeing school around. I I don't go to school at the moment, but I live right by one, and I was like going to work yesterday, and it took me like 20 minutes to get through the street just because everyone was parking in the school and turning inside. So it it was cool to see. That it was cool to see life. I haven't seen it in a while, but it's just nice to be off and back on a podcast, and especially exposing some some old takes. Yeah, uh, we will see whose takes were good and bad. There's, there's definitely some I'm very, um, I'm very interested to see what you guys thought about my thought process. Uh, Stone, my friend, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, just uh, chilling out today. Kind of taking a, a little bit of a break, a day off. So it's been relaxing and nice. Yeah, always good. Always good to have a breather day. Um, but no breather from bad takes here because uh, the 2018 draft was sort of an interesting one. Um, you know, DeAndre Ayton went first overall, followed by the surprise of Marvin Bagley. But it seemed like the consensus was that neither of those two were the best player in the whole draft. Um, there's a lot going on. This, this was a very interesting draft. It was also, I'm like Coop, this was my first draft where I really cared. Um, I was looking back at my board today. I only ranked 40 players which uh, if you saw my board this year, you know is, is nuts to think of me only ranking 40 players. Um, but I just want to ask you guys first, did, were you in line with consensus that Luka Doncic was the best overall player in this draft? Or did you fall maybe where the NBA fell and have like DeAndre Ayton won or, or someone else? Um, Coop, I'll throw that to you first. 
Uh, I was all Luca all the way. Uh, ever since the beginning, I have not been a big a big fan of bigs, but um, but uh, I, I, did, I especially wasn't super huge on Aiton. I thought some of the hate on him being an awful defender was kind of stupid, especially considering his context. But like Luca was far and away uh, to me the the best player on the board. Not even. Yeah, that, that that's fair. Um, I also had Luca one, uh, Davis. Um. So yeah, just just like you, it was kind of um my first cycle, and I I I was I did let did let bias get the best of me. So I did have eight and one. Um, that was just because Arizona. Um, but uh, outside of that, I was actually a little lower on Luca. Like I said, it was my it was my first um cycle, so. I didn't really – I was still, like, searching what to look for, you know, searching for what I like, kind of like my philosophy. Um, so, I, I I don't know. I just didn't – I didn't really like Luca a lot. I still had him top five, but um, he definitely wasn't one on my board, which obviously is coming back to, to bite me now. But um, I had Trey really high, which is turns out to be good. I had Trey, Trey pretty high, and then uh also had Sexton pretty high too. Um, but – but I, I was definitely lower on on Luca than than most. Yeah, uh, Stone. Yeah, uh, twenty eighteen Stone was full of hot takes, and one of mine was that Luca would retire the greatest basketball player of all time, and I'm not sure it's as crazy as I thought it. Uh, I thought it was back then, honestly. Like, there's a real chance that. Like, out of any prospect out of the last, like, 10 years, maybe, Luca probably has the best chance of any uh, to get that. So, I mean, I was obviously super high on Luca. Um, Aiton, I was a little bit lower on because of the fact that I just really didn't buy any sort of shooting or floor spacing, and I saw the league was sort of headed that way. So that's sort of... Um, the real like knock I had on him, but to me Luca was like the perfect basketball player. So uh, I was I was um, it was asinine to me that people didn't have him number one. Yeah, uh, I think that's that's sort of where I fell. Um, Buttermilk wants to come talk, so uh, we're gonna let him come up here. Um, um, Buttermilk, my friend, how you doing? And, and how did you feel about uh, Luca at the top of this draft board? <laughs> What's going on, guys? Sorry for crushing the party. Uh, Oh, you're good. I, yeah. You're always welcome. <laughs> yeah. uh, I loved Luca. I was probably probably up there with uh, Stone. Um, I thought he was like as good as a prospect as you can get, as far as just like the just his resume and just the level of skill and just the archetype that he represented to me. I thought he was the best prospect since LeBron James in my head. So yeah, I I also agree that um, I thought he had legitimate greatest of all time equity as well. So me and Stone are looking good so far. So that's where I was with Luca. <laughs> <laughs> you know that, that's where the end of the oh. good looking starts for me <laughs> <laughs> what i will say i you know we always hear best prospects since lebron best prospects since lebron actually there's an argument luca is a better was a better prospect than lebron i mean i think since luca's draft we've done a much better job of contextualizing how impressive his european accomplishments from the age of 16 to 18 were um, you know, obviously LeBron has turned out to be like 
the, the best or second best player ever. I mean, I'm not I'm not one for goat debates because honestly, like, good luck beating Bill Russell. Um, but like, you know, I like like Luca is the only player of the last decade plus that you can point to and say he might have actually been a better prospect than LeBron James. So just. To me, he was a solid no-brainer. Number one, uh, I didn't have anyone else even close, um, and and he he sort of is what I use to define that top tier of my draft board every year. So Luca was that guy for me. Um, but I want to hear about uh, maybe like the rest of your top five or or what sort of the next tier um, of this draft looked like for you guys. So Davis, I'll throw that to you first. You mentioned you had eight and one. Um, do you want to give us the the next sort of tier? Yeah, so um, Trey Young would have been been second. I I don't. When I first started, I really liked kind of like small guards that were fast and and just can shoot. Just kind of like people that people that defy the the odds of uh of you know of the of what people say like they're too short, they're too small. So I really liked Trey a lot. Um, and then it was uh Luca, then Con Sexton, and then I had um. Kevin Knox, but that was, I was kind of low on Jaron Jackson. I was kind of I was definitely lower on Bagley. Um, not only the fact that I didn't like him, that he went to Arizona State didn't help at all. And then, um, yeah, I like, went to Duke. I mean, yeah, Bagley. Yeah, he went he went to Duke, but um, he he denied he denied Arizona. That's what it was. So I yeah. did, I didn't really I didn't really uh, like Bagley for that for that part either but um yeah i did most of them were guards uh in my top five uh, outside of kevin knox but i really liked kevin knox i felt like he had um some sort of like guard skills as being that big obviously i was wrong but um yeah that was that was my top five i was lower on bomba a lot uh but went out too i i think i had him like top 12 or something but i was definitely lower than than um stone was i know he, he's not probably happy about that one but yeah i was i was i was lower on wendell but yeah that was my, that was my top five i really liked trey i thought he had um potential to be like the best player in the draft uh i probably won't be now that now that luke is doing his thing but um i think it's pretty clear cut he'll be the number two yeah, I think that that's one of the better calls. Uh, I couldn't quite figure out where I wanted to rank Trey Young. Um, but Buttermilk, do you want to give us sort of your next tier or, or sort of round out your top five that you had in this draft? Sure. Uh, it happens to work out really cleanly because my next year is two through five. So, uh, yeah. Um, I had Jaron Jackson at number two. Um, I think defensively, uh, he was super, super impressive for a guy his age. Um, and when you consider like the shooting like uh, projections, like that was to me, Jaron Jackson Jr. was like the the quintessential like prototypical modern big to me. And I think I like I still think he could be a unicorn basically. So uh, yeah, had a number two. Uh, at number three, I had Trey Young. Uh, Trey Young was a guy I was actually low on for like the first half of his season when he was like dominating the world and like had his little stat like stat corner of like games that he wasn't even playing in right um but there was a game against kansas i think at kansas in january where he didn't shoot like more than three shot attempts in the first half yet was getting to the line at will was still making plays and i think that was a game where i was like wow trey young might actually be like 
Steve Nash. Like this guy might actually pull, be able to pull off that kind of uh, offensive impact. And so, yeah, I had him at top three. Um, I, I think Trey Young's one of those guys too, where I think a lot of people kind of forgot how low a lot of the mainstream consensus was on him too. Cause I remember getting a lot of pushback at having Trey Young in the top five. Right. So um, yeah. And just to finish it off, I had DeAndre Ayton at number four, and I had Wendell Carter Jr. at number five. Um, I thought Wendell was pretty clearly better than Marvin Bagley at Duke. Um, and a lot of the reasons I like Jaron Jackson applied to Wendell Carter Jr. as far as just being a defensive monster, a guy who seems safe to like stretch the floor, can pass super well, and was just really young and just seemed like a really good bet to be a good NBA player at the very minimum. So uh, that was my top five. Yeah, I think I like that you bring up like that Trey Young was not seen as as sort of the prospect he's become. It was sort of considered a reach for Travis Schlenk to take him at five, uh, much less to trade out of the third pick and take him. Uh, I think the highest I remember seeing him mocked was eight to the Cavs. So for him to go five was sort of a surprise. Um, Stone, do you want to give us your top five? Yeah, so... Uh, I think I might have misspoke earlier. I, 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 I didn't have Aiton number two. I actually had Michael Porter Jr. number two. Um, I know a lot of people were scared off with the back injury, and that, that was probably valid. Um, I just I loved what I saw from him in high school. I was like, I, I don't really see you know how this kid doesn't hit. So I was willing to take the chance in terms of you know his higher end outcomes were worth taking that that back issue chance for me. So I had him. Uh, like a half tier behind Luca, actually at number number two. Uh, then I had Aiden at number three. Um, like I said, uh, a lot of it comes back to me not really buying his shooting. Um, obviously, he's become uh, more of a floor spacer than I originally thought he would be. Um, <clears throat> I didn't think he was all that great of a passer. I had some defensive concerns, so sort of all that mixed together had me higher on Michael Porter Jr. and lower on DeAndre Ayton. Um, at number four, I had Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, and I was actually lower on, on Triple J than a lot of draft Twitter, I think. Uh, but um, obviously, you know, the, the floor spacing and, and um, rim protection combination is too enticing for me personally not to take in the top five, uh, which <laughs> leads me to my fifth person, who is Mo Bamba. Um, he obviously has not lived up to that that ranking at number five. Uh, that was a, a clear miss for me. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, there's a lot to learn from that. I think. Um, and 2018 Stone was more definitely more of a, a gambler than than now. Uh, I, I was really into taking guys with higher upside that were projects uh and now it's i've learned a lot since then so that's the way he was fifth um and then the last i had three last or actually i'll save my other ones because my tier goes actually like four more guys so i'll save okay all right um yeah that's uh you know stone might have lost some gambler ways but uh he still had kai jones top five so um, he, he's still, uh, he still likes some Vegas odds. Um, Coop, do you want to give us your sort of top five and, and what you were thinking then? Uh, yeah. So at number two, I had Mikhail Bridges. Uh, I've always loved wings. 
wow hold up yeah. <laughs> that, that needs a reaction <laughs> that's <Right. crazy. laughs> wow uh that's no, nice it's nice i was so basically my whole thing with him was he looks like a better player than all the other guys that are you know going to go in the top other than maybe trey in college and you know i i, I wasn't thinking about crazy ideas like self-creation and advantages and stuff i was like this guy this guy can hoop. He he could do it all. He defends everyone. He does it. He does whatever. And he's going to be awesome. Uh, I didn't have very advanced reasons for having him too. But I I still stand by it. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm curious on how you, like, how did the Villanova context apply to you? Because I think I've learned that it's one of those Gonzaga things, right, where it's just like, the good context helps out the prospect, but it, with Villanova with, like, their track record, it seems like Dante DiVincenzo, Jalen Brunson, Mecca Bridges, right? Like, they end up working way more often than not, despite having, like, an optimal college context, right? And I, I'm wondering how, I don't know, how did that apply with Mikhail Bridges to you? So specifically with Mikhail, I thought that he, like, him fitting in with all those other, like, in both a system that looked a lot more NBA-esque than a lot of other college systems and had real talent on it. I think him fitting in so well while still being able to, you know, produce and do, you know, just about everything on the court was what really, you know, stuck out to me. Like he would fit in on any NBA team and nobody would ever regret picking him no matter what, you know? So like, even though he was in this super great context, he looked like he made it even better and really thrived and could, looked like he could fit in any context but uh my much worse take is uh mo bamba at three <laughs> um this was uh <laughs> this was... <laughs> hey, hey at, least he, at least he got his own song <laughs> so uh we're, we're just gonna move on yeah i'm curious how yeah, you, you had one song. great you had one exactly great one talk seriously yeah <laughs> I okay. I will say I really liked Baba, and I was really upset when he got drafted by Orlando. I think that was especially in 2018 the worst possible place he could have gone. I was hoping he'd go literally anywhere else, and that's where he went. But <laughs> you know, I I still believe in him to a degree, but he's just had a lot of bad bad luck, and you know, just being in Orlando isn't for everyone or anyone. <laughs> uh fourth <laughs> fourth i had colin sexton uh oh what a hooper yeah i, <laughs> I was really into hoopers <laughs> but uh i i really liked his scoring equity and his athleticism i thought his athleticism is what really made him stand out compared to the other two guards but i mean i really had spoiler alert i had the three guards back to back to back it was just Sexton, then Shy, then Trey. Uh, I found it really hard. like the athleticism was kind of the separator, and him and Shea were almost kind of interchangeable. I just preferred his burst over Shea's, but I think looking back at it, I, I probably should have gone with the length. And I'll take my L here, but I I still like Sexton at four. I'll never. His tenacity never was super impressive. Hey, he I was like the Scotty Barnes of guards, honestly, with the way oh, yeah. he, just, he was like, so aggressive, yeah, expressive. Too. Oh. oh yeah, he oh, had yeah. the Mamba mentality. 
I will never forget the three v five game because oh, my yeah. dad sat down to watch <laughs> that shit and like my dad to this day will like he knows nothing about basketball but he'll occasionally ask me how Colin Sexton is doing just because of that game. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crazy. I saw I saw Colin Sexton live when Alabama played Arizona. He he like killed us too, and that's that was when I really started like watching him because he demolished what? us, just destroyed us. Colin Sexton at Alabama Damn. is like. I don't know why, but like I, I just loved that. Like, it's one of my favorite college players is Colin Sexton at Alabama that season. I don't know why, but it just is. Good TV, man. Yeah, yeah you know what about that that three v five game is when he has the ball in his hands for the Cleveland Cavaliers. It might as well be three v five. Hey, hey, no um, slandering Colin Sexton. Yo. He was supposed to bring LeBron right. back. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll never forget when he got drafted. We asked him that, like, can you pitch LeBron? <laughs> like, bro, what? Just let him. He just got drafted. Still. Uh, or, or the, the the Sixers traded away McCall Bridges so they could clear an extra million bro, in cap just, space uh, inside LeBron James. That was hilarious. Oh like, God. I remember watching the broadcast. Like, there's no way the Sixers think they're fucking getting LeBron James. What the it, hell? 2018 was a crazy summer. Uh, yeah. Dude. It was I'm nuts. It. That whole summer that was, was crazy. Nuts. That was nuts. All right. So so my top five. Um, so I had Luca one, and then my next two in the in a tier of their own were Michael Porter Jr. and Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, Michael Porter Jr. played at Nathan Hale, which is uh, kind of close to me, and I got to see him live a couple times in high school. Yep. And I just um, – like, I think I got to go. I was I was courtside for like a fifty point Mike Ford Jr. game in his senior year. Um, yeah, that man was a monster, <laughs> like an absolute monster M- in high school. MPJ revolutionized the hang dribble pull up. Like no, no one at his and, age has done it better. Markel Fultz was a year before, and that boy's petty pull up was nasty too. Like. <laughs> The the difference between those two is uh is six inches. So, yeah, um, that's true though. It's it's it's, uh, it's a little different, but the, and then Jaron Jackson Jr. I just echo everything Buttermilk said. I was like, this dude, he looks like Rudy Gobert with a jumper. Like, you know, I when I was you know back then, I I, I could be very simple in my evaluations at times, and that was sort of my evaluations. I'm like, damn, this dude looks like Rudy Gobert with a jump shot. Um, you know, it's like, yeah, well. <laughs> Yeah, uh, long way to Breaking news: Imani just committed to Memphis. Sorry. Yeah, that team's gonna be breaking, awesome. That surprises no crazy. one. Yeah, uh, not really. Well, I, thought he was, I thought he was gonna go pro. Honestly, I thought he would go G League. Yeah. I thought. Yeah, I'll be honest. There's still a chance that he goes Memphis one year and then G League the next yeah. year. Is that a potential? Yeah, that's a. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Um, I yeah, will say too, true. like, uh, I don't want to turn this into an Imani podcast, but. Um, if I were going to make a 2022 or 2023 draft board right now, I wouldn't have a Monty Bates top 10. Oh my I might not God. even have a top 10. Ooh. That's a little... That's, that's, that's a bit too wild, okay? I, that is, I know, what, you, I know what, you don't okay, like skinny through, guys, okay? But that's way gone, too far. You've gone too go through far all his EYBL and high school tape, and if you can find me one time where he looks like physically capable of sitting in a defensive stance, I will move him top 10. If I'm going to get him signed me... up for yoga classes, okay? That's all it's going <laughs> to take. 
Pilates. You also had Michael, Pilates, yeah, also had Michael like, Boyer Jr. top three, and you're talking about flexibility here. Hold up. <laughs> Michael <laughs> Boyer Jr. was so fucking stiff. <laughs> I also want to say, I also want to say that Amani Bates and Michael Porter Jr. are different stratospheres as athletes. Like, it's not even really close. Um, I think Michael Porter Jr. is still underrated as like a vertical athlete. Um, I honestly like part of why I had MPJ so high was because I actually thought he could be a really, really good defender. Um, maybe not in like the, you know, OG and Anobi way, but in the Robert Covington way. Yeah, you know, I and those are obviously modern that. examples. But I was I like, this dude, like rip protector. Mm. Well, there was a world I thought where Michael Porter Jr. could be a center, like legit. I, I really thought he could be a center. Um, but then a- after that, uh, at four and five, I had uh, Trey Young, which I, that's like a fine ranking. Um, and then perhaps my biggest miss, uh, I had Kevin Knox at five. Oh, um, oh. I, <laughs> yeah. My love for wings started early. Yeah, you hate Imani. I just. <laughs> Imani is not a wing. But to be a wing requires you to move side to side. Uh, we will. Okay, we need to wait. So and we're going to have an Imani discussion much Knox later. <laughs> no, no, he's not. But I thought I sure thought he was. Um, you know, Kevin Knox. Uh, I think I, I think he probably could have been better in a better circumstance. But no matter what, having him five was just an overranking. And I think looking back, what I've learned is that Kevin Knox is like has all the aesthetics of a basketball player, but is not actually good at anything on the basketball court. Um, and I've learned to try and stay away from players like that. Um, you know, perhaps I didn't learn my lesson. I had Kev- I had Jonathan Kaminga five this year, though. I think Kaminga gets a little underrated in terms of like what he actually brings to an NBA court. Um, but like Kevin Knox, honestly, looking back at his draft year, didn't do any. He's not even that good of an athlete. Like he did not do anything that you're like, this is good enough to be an NBA player, other than be six nine. Um, and and uh, you know, I just I think that's sort of come to pass. Uh, I sort of bet on development, like, oh, this dude young. is going to get somewhere. Yeah, he was very young and six nine, and he like has good touch. He still has good touch. He, I, I don't think I've seen him shoot a floater in the NBA, but that was like thirty percent of his usage in in college was was like runners and floaters. I swear, um, he just it just never really worked out for him. And you know, four was too high, but. Even looking back, I still think there's an argument that, like, I would have taken him lottery if you had, like, a good developmental context. Like, imagine if he had fallen to 14 and he's playing next to Nikola Jokic. Like, you're not telling me that he's not an NBA player at that point. It's just sort of wrong place, wrong time. Uh, David Fisdale, the the turmoil that was New York all the time. I just, I, I just think it was sort of the worst possible context for him to develop. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that, that five was too high. Um, I had Trey four, but honestly, like I was, I was not like super ecstatic about it. Um, Like I just, Trey was so hard for me. He just like, I kept just thinking he's so small. I honestly thought he couldn't be that good of a passer, even at the NBA level, because I'm like, is he really going to be able to make all these super advantaged passes? Um, And it turns out, you know, he's probably the best lob passer in NBA history and, uh, runs runs a pick and roll like almost no one else in the NBA. So, you know, four ended up being a, a solid ranking for him. 
Uh, it should have been higher, but he was he was easily like my toughest eval for this whole class. He was my Zaire Williams of uh, 2018. Um, but with that said, I, I, I want to ask you guys, um, we'll, we'll go a little faster here. Do you kind of want to give like, give your ne- everyone just kind of give your next tier some basic thoughts and we'll sort of toss it around. Um, Stone, I'm going to throw it to you first. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, my second tier was kind of a big tier, so I'll just finish that, I guess, and then go right into my, my third tier. So my second tier, um, continuing on from Mo Bamba at five, I had Wendell Carter Jr. at six, but those two were really interchangeable for me. Like, you could have, depending on the day you asked me, I would have had one at five, one at six. Um, I just, I still love Wendell. I think he's a really good basketball player. Um Still, maybe not worth a top five pick, but um, I think he's he's such a smart player, and I just love smart players, so everybody knows that. Um, at number six, or sorry, number seven, I had Trey Young. Um, I was too low on Trey Young, I think, uh, obviously. Um, I, I just, I guess, I didn't see him as the elite. Uh, passer that he was like I knew he was a really good passer I just didn't think he was like this like possibly top 10 all-time passer like he's he's a phenomenal creator and passer um and I guess I just didn't value that enough uh so then at number eight I had I had Kevin Knox in number eight so yeah <clears throat> we can move on from from that that was uh <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, yeah. For all the reasons that that Bryce loved him, I loved him at number eight. Um, at number nine, I had Marvin Bagley. Um, I was really low on Marvin Bagley. I'm still really low on Marvin Bagley. Uh, honestly, my evaluation hasn't changed much, other than the fact that I probably wouldn't take Marvin Bagley at number nine in the redraft. Um, I think he's just a poor defender. I didn't see him as a floor spacer, even though he improved this year a, a bit in that area. Uh, I just, if you can't shoot and you can't protect the rim, I, I, as a big, I just don't really value you as much as a lot of people. So that's that. Uh, at number, where was that? Number nine. At number nine or ten i had mccall bridges i was too low on mccall bridges um the age scared me off quite a bit honestly uh 2018 stone overvalued age even though it's still quite some it's still something that's very important and that you should definitely factor in i think i um overcompensated for just mccall being a really good basketball player um i didn't value that enough and i just overvalued his age so that's why he was 10th for me uh, at number 11, I had Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Um, he, I, I was too low on Shea. I think he um, obviously is uh, as dynamic as he is, and I just didn't see it. <laughs> um, I missed out on his ability to uh, create for others, his efficiency. Um, I saw them both as good but not great. I just saw him as like an overall kind of like good at everything but not great at anything sort of guy um and you know obviously missed big there uh number 12 i had colin sexton um i was fairly low on colin sexton compared to a lot of people 
Um, I didn't ever see him. The big thing was the defense. Like I think a lot of people saw his toughness, mentality, whatever, and thought that equated to him being a really good defender just because he tries really hard on that end. I didn't see it that way. Um, I guess that was sort of the uh, – the one thing I was right on this late in the draft was he didn't turn out to be that super great defender, um, but obviously became more efficient than I thought he would be. So uh, I guess I missed on that side of side of things. Um, and then, yeah, that's sort of the end of my, my two tiers after Luca. So. All right. So I've had a slight change of heart. I think instead of having everyone just sort of list out their, their like rankings. I kind of want to have a conversation about specific players and where we had them ranked and why, um, because stone mentioned like he was low on Colin Sexton. Um, nothing compared to me. I had Colin Sexton at 15. Um, Oh, I thought. Oh, no, 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 no. Stop it. Pause. pause. I had Colin Sexton at 17. So, oh my God. <laughs> so, wow. so buttermilk, I think you and I are probably going to be in agreement. I thought Colin Sexton could literally just not pass the ball. Yes, like I thought he did not have it. Like, well, yeah, I still think that. And it's one of my favorite memes in the NBA is just Colin Sexton never passing. Um, Like, I was like, this is a dude who can't. I didn't really like love the jumper either. I thought it was very robotic. Um, It kind of reminds me a bit of like, like what David Duke's jumper looked like this year. And obviously, he's become a very good shooter. But I'm like. So this is going to be like a downhill driver who I don't trust to pass. Like, I that's not a lottery guy for me. Um, now, there were some guys I had ahead of him that I shouldn't have, um, like uh, Chandler Hutchison and Troy Brown III. Um, but honestly, like, and this will give me a lot of flack, especially if I post this as a pod. Um, but, like, I had Kevin Herter above him, and I would take Kevin Herter above Colin Sexton in a redraft. Um, I, still I had Kevin Herter 19, so we're not that far off. Okay, I had Kevin Herter 14. Uh, I had Hutchison 13. Hutchison is probably my biggest, like, I took a swing on this dude higher than anyone else, and it just hasn't worked out. Um, you know, th- there were some other guys I was higher on, too. I had Zanon Musa at 18. That was a dude, like, <laughs> and that's a lottery tier. Um, I uh, very depressed by, by, by the failures of Zanon. Um, he, he was, his tape was so fun. Uh, not, not to get on too much of a tangent, but like I could still go back, watch some old Zanon Musa European tape and smile because what like, did you, what did you think about the posture though? That, cause that always freaked me out. Yeah, no, it was weird. He <laughs> like, so much sober. Yeah. He, he literally like looked like Igor, Igor Musa. <laughs> um, but it's just, um, I don't know. I was like this dude, like, I don't know. He was like, like I had him and Spee right next to each other, and like those were two dudes. I'm like, they're they're sneaky athletes. Oh, they're uh, uh, <laughs> they're good ball handling. board this this. <laughs> good good ball handlers and good shooters. I'm like, ah, like I'll take a bat. Like I just. I was really all in on wings. I mean, and, and to my detriment, like I ended up being low on DiVincenzo, low on D'Anthony Melton. Cause I was like, 
Speed McKayluk, Zada Musa, Arnoldus Kolbaka, like hell yeah, like those are my guys, you, were, you know. You were really low uh, on believe- Melton for Speed McKayluk. Yeah, that's crazy. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. Speaking about wings, um, I had this guy top seven, and I'm wondering where you guys had him. Uh, Miles Bridges is the guy I love. Oh yeah. In the draft. Uh, yeah. I had him ninth. Okay. So, I loved Bridges. Yeah. The other, I love both Bridges. Yeah. I know, I know we said we're gonna kind of popcorn it, but I just. I'm really proud of my my midsection of my board, so I'm just gonna say it. I had okay. Bridges 13, Monty Walker 14, Mitchell Robinson 15, yeah. uh, DeAnthony Melton 16. So, so we have the of... same board, but mine's just slightly better. But you know, <laughs> like, like, literally, literally <laughs> no. the same order. That that stretch. I had Bridges nine best. too. I had oh, yeah. I had Bridges nine as well. Um, I think Cooper said that, and I just like, like, I just thought again, it's like this is a wing. He moves okay. I thought there was a bit more on-ball upside than he's really shown so far. Like, I still think he's a solid passer. Um, he's just never got the chance to, like, be that player. Um, but I I still really like Miles Bridges. Um, and, and I think it's only up from here playing with a guy like LaMelo who really unlocks what he does well. He took a big jump last year, and I think, it, it, I think he could definitely live up to, like, being a top-10 pick in this draft for sure. Oh yeah, he looked he looked really nice as a defender last season, and that was kind of the thing that I don't know. He he looked okay as a college defender to me. I wasn't super great at at like really dissecting film, but with the athleticism, I I was like you know he'll he'll get there someday as a, a you know a rim protector ish you know weak side guy. Is it also did no favors at like oh, yeah. at Michigan State honestly? So. Okay, I know it. Yeah. Is, is it ever do anyone other than Izzo favors? I mean, okay, sorry, <laughs> I, I know I clowned uh, at Cooper for having um, uh, young bull Colin Sexton at four, but I had real Hooper Anthony Simons at 16, so um, <laughs> um, <laughs> 17, 17, my bad, but yeah. I, I, had Anthony, I had Anthony Simons out of my top 40 ranked below guys like oh, George King. Oh, my God. He's a base job. And oh, like, he's an NBA player. Okay, <laughs> I've been a Keita guy since day you one. You know okay. what? You know what though? So Where is George King. Aaron I don't. Know. I had Aaron I had, Holiday yeah. at sixteen. I had him one wow, behind Colin okay. Sexton. I had him at okay. twenty. Uh, I had Holiday thirty-nine <laughs> and uh, Anthony forty-one. So, yeah. oh, mm. not, so <laughs> where did you guys? Yeah. So. So there was this sort of glut of kind of second round guards. And I know, like, we're jumping to the second round already, but just some names that really interested me, like Kyrie Thomas, um, Devontae Graham, Javon Carter, and. and, Alonzo Trier. No. Alonzo Trier. And. uh, Brunson, Jalen Brunson, like, yeah. did you were you, did you call like any Devonte Graham or Jalen Brunson upside? Yes. Because like, especially Jalen Brunson, like, I was like, this dude is not an NBA player. All he does is post up. Like, there's okay. so he, he I had both of that, them in, but, in my first round. So hey, so to this hey, day, that's one that's of, enough. One of my proudest accomplishments was having Devonte Graham at 21. So I was all in on Devonte. Mm. How much did Frank I, Mason I, I, play into that? for you because i think frank mason was going off the year before right yeah i hated frank mason but i love oh okay (laughs) (laughs) wait what did you guys think of uh of landry shamit i love shamit he was like an advanced stats god like 
I think yeah, I had him. Like, numbers were crazy. High sec. I don't have my second in front of me. I couldn't find that um, fossil, but I think I had him like thirty three or thirty four on my board. So high. I had him twenty three. Nice. Uh, I, I, I had Shamit at twenty four. Oh, yeah. I, I I had him fifteenth, right ahead of uh, one of my favorite players ever, Troy Brown. I I, I loved those two. Uh, I really liked Shamit's size and shooting, and I was like obsessed with shooting in in twenty eighteen. I don't know if you noticed by by me having <laughs> Mikhail the the forty percent three point shooter at second, but. Yeah, Your board I, I, was so confusing because you have like the draft Twitter of Mikel at number two, and then Real Hooper with Colin Sexton. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm just I'm just gonna tell you my my uh you know my my what's it called my mindset was not super consistent in 2018. I just you know I didn't really refine how, how my scouting. How old were we? How old were we? Because I was I was 18. Basically, I was so. 18. Yeah, I was. I was sixteen. I was yeah. 16. I, w- I was sixteen then. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm getting like concerned. Cooper and I are the same age, the same height, and we have like the exact <laughs> same philosophy. Have you ever seen Cooper and Bryce in the same room? <laughs> no. no. Uh, <laughs> I. I've seen our only difference is our raking and Colin Sexton. Uh, that's, that's the yeah, and it's that you're obsessed with with brick shit houses, and I'm obsessed with skinny guys, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> I have Cooper one more name that I think I have a name that I think should have been really good. It bums me out whenever I think about him, but I had him top ten. I think a lot of draft Twitter had him top ten, and it aged pretty poorly. Um, Zaire Smith, thoughts? Ooh, I, I was. I was actually. I had him thirteen. I was very low on him. I think I had him like yeah. twenty-two. I, I had Zaire I Smith lower at forty-six. Wow. Okay. Nice. Nice. I I had him thirteenth. <laughs> I was had not, him ten. Yeah. He was in like my twenties. I. Yeah. So what did you guys like about Zaire? Because for me, like I remember looking back at his tape, and I'm like, so he's like a six-two power forward. Like I just. I don't know. Yeah, like, I, it yeah. goes back to that. I've never valued guard defense. Like, I, that's probably why I was too low on D'Anthony Melton. I just, I really like. I struggle to care that much about guard defense, even to I this day. Think, like, yeah. The difference for me was I didn't think he was a guard because I think he's like six five, six six, six five. I think at the listed at the draft. Um, the way I viewed him was the way that I think I kind of viewed Keon Johnson to a certain extent is that he was just like a ridiculously talented functional athlete just as far as just like the bounce just the way that he is able to apply it on defense um i think texas tech clearly in retrospect did him a lot of favors as far as being like optimizing um his tools as far as in the system but i thought like when you consider his age i think he was 18 years old at the draft night um you consider the flashes of just like the mid-range stuff like i thought there was i, I don't know what the fuck he would look like if he turned out being whatever he was but like maybe Josh Smith kind of stuff. Like, I don't know what I was going for, but it was just, like, a weirdo guy who had enough great tools, enough defensive, like, great tape for me to just want to swing on it because just upside, right? So I saw him as, like, a... Yeah, well... Oh, go ahead. I saw him as, like, a Josh Hart. Go ahead. Guy. Um, maybe that's why I was so low on Keon, though, because they are kind of somewhat similar. So that's... Yeah, that makes... I, so for me, it was. I, I honestly think like like, 
I might have actually been higher on Zaire, like with my current philosophy, because I think I was pretty obsessed with like guys filling archetypes. Um, and if yep. it wasn't like I, I was very much Nate Duncan brain, where it's like if this dude doesn't like <laughs> like like That's if the this best dude way to put it. Kill, <laughs> If this dude doesn't feel like an archetype that like makes obvious sense to me, then like why would he be an NBA player? And I've changed from that a little bit, though there are still guys like like I was low on Keon Johnson too. I was just like it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. But like like Marvin Bagley the third, I had outside my lottery too. Cause I'm like, well, he's he's not really a four and he's not really a five, you know. What's his best what's his best case outcome? Like athletic Nikola Jokic, why would I ever want that? You know? So it's like with, at the time, I just say Nikola Jokic was not an all-star or an MVP. Um, but, like, you know, I just I, – I think that Zaire really fell into that, where it's like this isn't a dude that, like, fills a position I see, so, like, just discard him. Um, and, you know, it's honestly – it was pretty bad process. Like, some of the guys I had above him, like I mentioned, like George King, Devon Hall, um, Jerome Robinson. Like, those are guys that even in a redraft with as bad as Zaire's career has ended up being, like – I take Zaire because I think, I think had a team really invested in him, had he hadn't got so unlucky with that with that tragic um, peanut accident, um, like, like it might it might have turned out a little differently. Though I still don't think, I still don't think he's really like a valuable NBA player. Had things really gone right for him, but uh, I don't love my process for having him low. That's part of the reason I don't like just looking back at um, at big boards and being like. Oh, you know, like, like I was right or I was wrong. Cause even though I was technically numerically right with, with Zaire Smith, like, I don't like that process I went through. He was also just cursed by the process. So, I mean, <laughs> like, the not allergy yeah, thing was just that was... so abnormally weird that, like, in so many other timelines, like, who the hell knows how he turns out. But yeah. Yeah. And the multi also, I mean, Zaire Smith is a better. I mean, also, like, trying to squeeze him in between. Can't shoot Markel, can't yeah. shoot Ben Simmons, can't shoot Bad Joel. I around. mean, that was just like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still just like, like, he didn't even get another chance. And I know, like, I feel bad for Sixers fans. Oh. I know, like, I would still, I don't know. I, can you give Zaire two way? I don't know what his like, like league experience is, but if I can give him a two way, I'd give him a two way right now. Fuck if, yeah. If you know, I don't, if, I don't uh, think he played he's better much. than Matthew, he's better than Matthew Hurt. Like, let's be real. Hey, hey. I think he like got hurt his next year or something. Like, didn't play, and then that was like the last I heard of him. He went to the Pistons, I think. This then this they cut him, year, right? They cut him. Yeah, yeah. The Pistons just straight up him, cut him. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of that was kind of whack to me. I feel like I don't know. I mean, to be honest, I'd rather have Saban Lee than Zaire Smith, but. Um, yeah. where did you guys have, where did you guys have Elliot Kobo? Cause I had him 23. Ooh. I was really high on Okobo. I had him 20. So, Hey, you and me, nice. had, me and Stone were on draft <laughs> at the same time, obviously. Like it's clearly yeah. the one I'm learning. <laughs> I also, I, actually, I had, Oh, go ahead. Davis. I, I actually didn't know like about Okobo. It was like my first cycle. So I didn't really know a lot about him. Um, but I actually do remember like when the Suns drafted him, uh, I remember Stone telling me like that he liked Okobo a lot and it was a good pick, so I like watched more of him. <laughs> Don't I, listen I, I to me. Like That's the moral of the story. <laughs> yeah, um, but but um, yeah. Looking so looking back at my board, I had Elio Okobo outside the top forty as well, um, below 
fellow Suns draftee, George King, um, who, who I brought up about a billion times. Uh, I really liked George King. I thought he was legit. Um, before we get out of here, I want to ask you guys about three prospects where you have them ranked in sort of accordance with each other. They're going to sound really off, but I think they're a really interesting sort of trio of players. So I'm thinking Grayson Allen, Dante DiVincenzo, and um, Jared Vanderbilt. So there's sort of like Grayson Allen was like the three-year darling. He had been, you know, he had done it forever. Like he was Duke legend, whatever, you know, tripping white boy, however you want to put it. Um, you know, Dante DiVincenzo was sort of the tournament darling. He was the uh, the good the ending of Davion of Mitchell. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Literally, yeah. if he had a 38-inch vertical, he doesn't go in the first round probably. Um, yes, exactly. But he had a 40-inch. So, uh, you know, he went and, and fuck it, you know, it's turned out like whatever you want to say. And then Jared Vanderbilt was uh, had a season up from hell at Kentucky, but was a guy I really liked. Like I had him in my lottery sort of in this pre-draft time. Uh, so so how did you guys have those three guys ranked? I was so Jared Vanderbilt filled. Um, I yeah, just he's like the exact kind of player that I just kind of love as a like all he needs to do is shoot basically and suddenly he's like a god but that's way harder said than done when his touch is as bad as it is right um like the way i viewed it i viewed him kind of like as a a great value scotty barnes I, like that's the, that, that's kind of the idea behind me with jared vanderbilt as far as just like in the open court and stuff but yeah i had him top 25 um i had grayson allen i think 38 and i had dante DiVincenzo 43 so yeah. All right. So those. So that's interesting. Um, so he did not fall for the um, sort of uh, late rise of Dante Divincenzo. That um, which I may have forty sneaky sneaky athlete. Um, but um, I, so for me, so I'll give mine because I you know for sort of the impetus I had Grayson Allen, Dante Divincenzo. And, um, and and uh, Vanderbilt all right next to each other at 23, 24, and 25. Um, that's uh, – I, I, I honestly, like, thinking back, like, I don't even know my rationale for that. I just, like – I Vibes. I'm, I'm kind of at a loss even trying to explain it to you guys. Like, I'm so – I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, I really love Jared Vanderbilt. I – like, that shot was broke, bro. Like, that thing – like he would be lucky to ever be allowed to shoot more than one shot per game, like from three. But he's he was so athletic. He was such an impressive rebounder, a very good passer, still underrated passer. Passing is so underrated. I thought, I thought you could run like a bench unit for him. Like I thought he could be like your point guard on off the bench. Um, and that was probably naive, but like I really saw that with him. Divincenzo, like. I think I just sort of fell in love with that crazy tournament run. And I, I was, I was March pilled, um, as you could say. Um, and I just like, I was like this dude, one, he's got the red hair. Um, stone knows I love redheads. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, you know, he, how could you not jumped... love the Michael Jordan of Delaware? Like how <laughs> he jumps real high. And also like, like, I don't know. Like I also thought he was like a really good finisher and I thought he could be a bench point guard too. So maybe this was like all these. Guys, and then honestly, like I can't exp- explain why I had Grayson Allen where I did, because that was probably me just being like, 
look, it's me. You know, like, I don't know. I always overrated like, <laughs> like white dudes who, who did nothing, who did nothing. Like, like I had Kyle Guy as like a borderline first rounder. So, um, you know, oh my learning my lesson. But um, <laughs> I, uh, like, so go ahead, Stone. I was going to say, I, I legitimately, legitimately remember getting into a debate with my friend on who the better redhead was between Kevin Herter and Dante DiVincenzo. And I, I ended up winning. But um, I, I, like, I for real had that debate on like, which redhead would you rather have? Um, no, it's actually, it's actually Herder, Logan. Um, but I had, um, so I had Grayson Allen at 24. And Grayson Allen actually became like exactly what I thought he would be honestly. Um, and maybe that means I should have had him a little higher looking back, but, um, he's like exactly sort of the, um, come off the bench, play a consistent role as a, as an off guard, um, give you, you know, a little punch of offense. Um, and you know, I, he just exactly became what I thought he would. So I'm actually pretty happy in terms of, uh, my pre-draft evaluation of him. Um, with Vanderbilt, I had him 25. Um, and looking back, like, I don't know why. Like, he's exactly the sort of player I like. I should have had him higher. Like, I don't understand what I was thinking in 2018. He, he probably should have been top 20 for me. Um, I still really like Vanderbilt. I think he's a really great defender. Um, probably the only good defender outside of McDaniels on the Timberwolves. Sorry, Logan. Um yeah, I, I don't know why I had him 25. He should have been higher, um, it, considering what I value. Uh, and then with, with DiVincenzo, I had him, I, again, I don't have my second round, but I believe I had him in the mid-30s, like 35, 36. Um, probably should have been higher, but I didn't. Um, I've never been somebody that really buys into March Madness, as evidenced there. Um, I just saw him, you know, not not being what he became. So I missed out there. Uh, quick side note really quick is uh, Gary Trent Jr. was sort of like in the middle between Grayson Allen and DiVincenzo for me. And I missed on that because he is obviously the, probably the best of the three. So uh, let's, maybe, let's, maybe. Let's, let's, let's not draw any conclusions. He, he is the highest paid of the three. Um, we'll put it that way. Um, but before we get out of here, uh, I have to ask just, um, Cooper, do you still believe in Kyrie Thomas? Uh, of course I do. He, uh, dropped over okay, 20 no, points. Just, it... you, just say, just say, of course, and you were good. Uh, uh, I'm so sorry to do this, but okay. no, I, go, I ahead. To... go ahead. Where the hell did you guys have Jerome Robinson? Cause I'm sure it's not as high as Jerry West had him, right? Uh, no, so let me pull it up. Let me pull it up. I will find I had him, I had him 46. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. I, okay. This is one of the most embarrassing things I've ever done, but I had Jerome Robinson at 26. Um, <laughs> he, 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 I bought into him. I was like, man, whatever team gets him in the late first is going to get a steal. I, I was like, his self-creation is, is not, there's no, there's no better self-creator in this draft. I was like, he's such a good creation specialist. And then um, the Clippers took him at, you know, like 12 or whatever and i was like well there goes that but um yeah i was way too high on jerome robinson and i do see buttermilk with trier in the, in the first round i like that washington state hey, uh, <laughs> um 
I I uh, uh, I did not have Trier in the first round. So I had um, I had Jerome Robinson thirty six, uh, one pick behind uh, Villanova or Virginia, excuse me, Virginia legend Devin Hall, uh, Devon Hall. Uh, I just I'll, I'll never forget like like he got drafted and like a day later it was announced he signed with the Shanghai Sharks. And I was like, yo, what the fuck? Like, because I was new yeah. to the draft more or less. And like, and it's the same with like in this draft, like Tony Carr got drafted and like never got signed by the by the Pelicans. So um, it's a cruel, cruel world, man. Uh, but this has been awesome. Uh, we got about an hour on here. I'm hoping I could post this to a pod. Uh, I haven't had like one of the uh, one of the like workers I know uh, who, who run halftime in here. I don't know if I can still get this recorded i sure hope so because this was awesome uh buttermilk thanks for coming on uh, if you want we're gonna be here 3 30 the next two weeks to talk about 2019 and 2020 so um we would love to have you on my man uh he's uh, i would love to at cozy Lido. he's at cozy Lido. uh cooper is at cooper underscore rockets davis is at sports by davis stone is at report underscore court uh, I'm at Bryce Hendrick 14. Follow us at the Upside Swings Draft. It's just at Upside Swings, but we're the Upside Swings Draft Podcast. Uh, we hope we are ceiling. Thank you.